Today's episode is brought to you by Five Line Designs. Bring your brand to light with Five Line at fivelinedesigns.com. Here at Five Line, we like to ask, what can we do for you? We're here to help you and your business grow from all angles. Whether it's building the voice of your brand, redesigning your assets, or building out a website, Five Line is here to help you step your game up and beat out the competition. No matter what stage you're in, whether you're just starting or you've been up and running for many years, make your next move your best move by working with Five Line. You won't regret it. Schedule a meeting to see what we can do for you today at fivelinedesigns.com. Welcome to the Business Grind, where we give you an inside perspective on what it takes to start, build, and run a successful business. Here are your hosts, Danny Shaw and Sean Michael Wellington. All right. Hello to everyone in podcast land today. Thanks for joining us, Sean. How are you feeling? Feeling good and a little interested in your opinion on our book review today. <laughs> indeed, indeed. All right. Well, that's why we're recording, right? That's why we're doing it to do that. So, yes. Uh, let's get into it. Uh, so to everyone out there for today's episode, we will be doing a book review on the four hour work week, um, by Timothy Ferris. Uh, he's an, a writer, educational activist, as he calls himself and an entrepreneur, right? So it's called the four hour work week. Uh, this book came out, if I'm not mistaken, this came out a while ago. Maybe the first run was around 2007, right? So yeah, so okay. we're doing a book review on that today. Uh, we're going to tell you, you know, our opinions, our thoughts, some key takeaways, and, you know, just how it can apply to you uh, in your journey as an entrepreneur as well. Where, where would we like to begin, just as in regards to starting off this uh, book review? I know, Sean, you had recommended the book, right, if I'm not mistaken? Did I? I mean, we, it, might, it was probably so long ago that I forgot I recommended <laughs> it, but yeah. I knew the premise was always interesting to me, and, you know... I always think that these book titles of, of course, hyperboles of what right. they're trying to teach you. So I never thought that like it would be literally a four-hour work. <laughs> it would probably some sort of you know book on efficiency and time management. Um, right. But upon reading it, it really wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It was more. It was it was a lot more radical than I thought it was going to be. Put it that mm. way. Um, mm-hmm. So going into it and seeing the ideas, it wasn't like you know steps and ways to improve your efficiency every day. It was mm. not like upend your whole lifestyle or <laughs> your whole work lifestyle. Not your whole, maybe not your personal lifestyle as much, but right. your whole work culture. Yeah, just upend your whole work culture. That's what it's telling you to do essentially. Right. So, um, which is not really reasonable for everybody, but right. I appreciate the uh, ambition of this book. I'll no. say that. Fair, fair, fair. So yeah, so yeah, I think we were just brainstorming on business books to read and review for the episode. And this book uh, was, I, I mean, if you're into business books and things of that nature, um, I remember when this was like the wave for a minute. For a minute, this was the wave. Everyone was talking about this book. Um, really? Yeah. See, I must have missed that whole wave because I'm like, I don't, I had no context with this book. I oh. just bought the title. Ah, okay. Funny. And yes, the title the title is very it's very it can be very appealing, right? Like to get you going by um uh with the title. Like, oh, I only have to work four hours a week and things of that nature. Let me read it and figure what it, what's going on. I will say, before we get into it, uh, just for my opinion is that I don't know if this is technically uh, a business book, maybe more like a self help book that you can apply to your life if you're trying to start a business or leave your current work environment. Would you would you agree? Yeah, that was exactly what I was thinking after I was like, when I was into it, it was like, this is more self-help 
book than that business book. Right. Um, but obviously, it's all centered around your work culture and your mm-hmm. and your business and or your uh, your career. So right. inherently, it's business related, but it's definitely more of a self help book. Yeah. All right. Which I sure. didn't know. So. All right. So for sure. So let, let's one. Let's just get into it. You you came out the gate. You said it was very radical than what you expected. Let's talk about that. Well, all right. So what what's your rating on this book here like and i'm not gonna do the movie thing (laughs) but is it like a yes i'd recommend this or no i don't think it's necessarily worth you reading i think you have to be a certain type of person for me to recommend this book to you Mm, what type of person i think you have to be like you have to be i wouldn't recommend this book for new entrepreneurs or budding people uh you know budding freelancers i think this book is really for people who are ready to make drastic 180 changes in their life, like starting tomorrow, and said, forget it, let's go, right? Um, I don't think I wouldn't recommend this to someone who's just coming into the game and trying to figure out how to start a business. Um, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I enjoyed the book. There were certain parts, which I'll get into, which I was like, uh, I guess, not really for me. I enjoyed a lot of it. Um, yeah, I think you have to have a very specific type of personality and perspective to even absorb this and really put it into play. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Um, so, so I don't know if I have so, a, a full yeah. rating, but it's like I would, rec- I would recommend if you are X type of person. It was kind of a turnoff for me not knowing this was a self-help book, mm. hearing his backstory in the first couple of chapters and all these examples. And I understand from an author's perspective, you have to qualify why, who you are and why you're talking about the subject you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But the opening kind of dragged for me mm-hmm. hearing about his businesses and his learnings and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, not for nothing, if more for if anything is stuff we've already discussed ourselves on the show, you know what I mean? So right. it's like I was kind of waiting to get to the to the meat of it, to uh-huh. the, what to, what to catch. Um, but when we finally did get there, um, I just thought it was a lot of radical concepts, and some of them I really like. Um, one thing, and I'll, I'll just get into example, help you on mommy skipping around. Go, a go, bit, go for it. Jump like, yeah, because he jumps around. You'll start a concept, yeah. and then be like, but I'll tell you about that later. Uh, right? yeah, 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 like, yeah. Uh, just tell me now. I don't yeah. need to hear. But, um, so the thing about only having email twice a day mm-hmm. um only i like that idea mm-hmm. i really do like that idea and i mm-hmm. think it's doable for mm-hmm. a lot of people it's mm-hmm. just we're culturally not a- allowed to do it or not encouraged to do something like that but mm-hmm. why the hell not like especially right. in a remote world that we in right now like we get a lot of and a lot of the book was about setting up a remote situation in which mm-hmm. you know a lot of us have that covered now mm-hmm. takes COVID anyways right, that right. um but yeah that was my thought is that the email specifically that um piece of advice i think that's something that there's some merit to that um maybe not exactly how he described it but having set times where people can get in contact with you because again like he made it he just read in the book is that most of our time wasted is responding to people and stuff like that mm-hmm. and yeah or i actually yeah i so that's a great point i mean before he's i was i'm gonna speak personally about you know, my, my experiences recently um with work and clients and things like that I used to, and I, I still do, so it's not like I'm totally reformed, but I used to keep a tab open of just my Gmail, just, and every so often, you know, check it, work email open, you know what I mean? Like, you just have these things open in general, right? So you go and yeah. peek, and it's kind of like you're waiting for something to come in, and I will say within the last few months, I've gotten better, not totally there yet, but where 
I don't have it open. Like I check it at specific times to say, okay, let me do my work. Let me do what I need to do. Let me get on with life. Um, check in every few hours just to see what has accumulated and bang it all out and then rinse and repeat as opposed to just allowing those uh, minor, oh, no, I don't say minor, but they are distractions, right? And usually I, I would totally agree with what he say. It's not of super major importance. I've ne- I, And I, I said this before I've read his book. I've never gotten a high priority email that was truly high priority. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, so I, with that, I totally agree, and I've, I've personally have tried to implement that for a few months now. So it was, it was good to kind of see him speaking on the benefits of that uh, in his book. So totally, totally took that into consideration. Appreciated that. Yeah. And what I liked about it was like the the specific times he mentioned. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it was like eleven o'clock and uh, what was it two o'clock? No, yeah. I'm sorry, I can't remember exactly. But it was basically you have a before lunch time and an after lunch time, and, mm-hmm. I, and I, I just like that because I feel like he's right. Those are these are the two times of the day where you're getting the most influx and you're gonna get the most response. Also, so mm-hmm. it's like everything else is kind of fluff and the stuff that distracts you from whatever your main job is. So right. or your main goal is. So I did like appreciate that. Mm-hmm. For that no, definitely for sure. Uh, now I will say some of the some of the tactics that he and strategies that he mentions and recommends on how to get there to train quote unquote train your other colleagues coworkers employees on how to kind of respect that email time and wishes that's where we get into the radical side of things I think you know I don't you know he was giving templated responses and you know it's very wordy on how, you know just to kind of train people to know not to email you at a certain time personally I was like. That seems a bit much, um, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't know. It, it seemed a bit much. But also, I think we also need to make a caveat or asterisk next to this. This was written in 2007. So, you know, take it for what you will in regards to dating. It could be a little dated, right? I don't think, um, you know, everything is not going to hold up after over, it's been over 10 years, right? So 15 years, right. so some things. But um, I just felt like, um, you know, I don't really think, the the method in regards to training people that you work with to respect that time is really needed or warranted either you're going to answer these emails when i get to it or i don't <laughs> that's kind of my <laughs> yeah i mean and then that's the mentality i bring into it too right. but and he's basically saying that but giving you like a, a political uh politically correct way of uh responding to people he, and right and, um you know, right. Up, so. I'll, I'll give him that. He's giving you an out for person for people who personality may not lend itself to that, to be as mm-hmm. bold, to just say, I'm not answering an email to this time and leave me alone. He does give some options. I just feel like the options he's providing actually leaves room uh, for more drama than needed. Right. <laughs> it's like, especially now we have email, we have slacks, we have Zoom and things of that nature. Uh, so people who don't email you, they still, they're going to zoom you, you know, they're going to do something else. So I think it's for me, I think it's more about being a master of your domain and holding true. It, it can be very hard to hold that line, but to create those boundaries, like I'm going to work, I'm going to, re- I'm doing my work. I will respond accordingly when I get to your stuff, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. that mantra of, uh, just because it's an emergency for you doesn't mean it's an emergency for me. Right. Scenario, right. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, all right, well, we, we'll give them that on, on the email around emailing, right? Uh, well, you had some. Well, any other? What was the other radical items that you picked up on? And um, 
I guess it's not so radical, but it's just something different that I've never heard of. Um, and it's kind of in the same vein um, of time management. Is mm-hmm. he had the uh, he had the note that he was getting uh, bombarded with uh, so many minor requests mm-hmm. that it was he was the stopgap for everything. So mm-hmm. he had this mandate to his employees. He was like, any problems under a hundred dollars, you can handle that on on your own. If it's over a hundred dollars, then you contact me. And then he empowered his staff to handle everything with the budget of a hundred dollars or mm-hmm. under or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And like, then he noticed how less, how much less he stopped getting, uh, you know, inundated with these emails and mm-hmm. small requests. So I thought that was another good piece of advice that was applicable. It's like, yeah, you empower your team with an actual budget. Granted, it's a hundred dollars. doesn't mean much, but it's still like, okay, I'm doing, you know, you see the value in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You see it's a financial, like a real dollar sign next to it. So I thought that was a cool idea and I never heard of something like that. So. I, I, I actually, yeah, I like that. And I picked up on it. Uh, I think it, to me, that was when I, when I got to that part, it was kind of a continuation of things that I've, heard and had to implement on my own recently, which is not being the bottleneck. You can't do everything on your own. You know, you might think that, you know, from a business owner's perspective, you're looking at costs and trying to keep costs down. Like, oh, I'm going to do this because I got to pay this person $50. I got to pay this person $100 and X, Y, and Z. And realizing that while you are keeping a few of those coins, uh, your time is being wasted. Right. Right. And uh, much more valuable is your time to the business. And your time is more valuable, is the, is the ultimate value, which is a personal lesson that I have really been trying to implement more within the last few years, you know, uh, prior, prioritizing time over money, right? Um, so, oh, I save $100, but at what cost? If you, at, at working eight hours when someone else was willing to do it and had that same time and can do it for, you know what I mean? Um, so I, I really, really like that part on how he tries to really show the emphasis of time over money and and not allowing yourself to be the bottleneck you think you're winning because you saved a few coins but you're really not you know going along that lines then his his philosophy i guess on retirement right mm-hmm. what did you think of that oh because that's because yeah go ahead go ahead no go ahead i, I didn't want to cut you no, off no, i'm just curious <laughs> i thought i thought that was a little radical because i've never heard it described that I, way. like mm-hmm. you know people I, retirement's a goal for a lot of people yes you know? One, I love it. Two, I'm living it. I'm trying to live it <laughs> right now. Right now. So, I, I, and to the audience who may not be aware, it was just a little context on his thoughts on retirement. His, his thoughts on retirement is, you know, basically we work, uh, we come out of college or, or education, and maybe wherever you're coming from, we enter the workforce, however you get into the workforce, and you spend close to 40 years uh, squirreling away money to then enjoy the last 30 years, hopefully, of your life, right, uh, uh, in retirement, right? And you're doing all of this for the 40 years or however you're employed. But during that time of 40 years, you're not doing anything. You don't really get to travel. You don't really get to enjoy life. You're literally working. It's very rote, very routine. And by the time you get to that certain age, you're too old to kind of enjoy it. It doesn't really impact as much. And now you're trying to play catch up and things of that nature. And you're playing a game that has been created by people in these rules that when you step back and realize it's like, well, why am I playing that game in the first place if it doesn't really apply to me or work for me? Right. And his approach is instead of waiting 30 years to retire, uh, you can quote unquote live in retirement now, more like a hybrid of working and vacation and retirement at the same time. Um, is is that would is that a fair 
Did I do it justice, Sean, or <laughs> did you? Um, no, I thought you explained it perfectly, and it was just an interesting way for him to describe retirement. It's almost like, yeah, that shouldn't be your ultimate goal is to work all this, work your life away for the last mm. bit of it. So, right. yeah, I thought I don't know if it's radical necessarily, but it's interesting. It's I think it's radical because most people don't work or live like that. Uh, and but it's something that I totally subscribe to, and I, you know, I feel like. <laughs> I feel like he was preaching to the choir when I when I read that part. It's like you know, uh, beef. And to be clear, to be clear to the audience, this isn't about being financially irresponsible now, so that you can live a certain lifestyle. Not you know, this isn't about mortgaging the future for Instagram worthy pictures and stunting on your haters today. It's more about like just maintaining a balance where you can live and enjoy the uh, wonders of the world at an affordable price while still being employed. And having a nice balance so that by the time you're in retirement stage, it isn't, you're not trying to, you know, do everything at once, you know? Yeah, I think, I may be paraphrasing a little bit, but he put it like retirement is like life insurance. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's you want it there as a cushion, but that's not the goal. That's right. not what you're trying to get to. Right. And then I think that, I will say it's rad- that is radical in the sense that if you've never been exposed to this type of idea and concept, and your foundation is built another way, it's jarring. It's jarring. It's it's without question. You're like, what? You're telling me I can do this now and I don't have to wait till I'm past 65 to live, you know what I mean? Um, it, 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 it just, it, it can throw you off your rocker. You start making, he even gave a few examples where people give uh, retorts and reasons on why they couldn't do it in regards to price and cost and things of that nature. And I did like how he was, um, able to dispel those those objections very easily in my opinion because i mean a lot of it is what i say to people (laughs) sometimes you know i don't go telling people how to live their life but when certain people say oh well i wish i can do this or do that i'm usually like well you can here's how uh and here's the cost it's not as expensive as you think it would be you know i just have to i feel like we would be doing the audience a very big disservice by not mentioning at least for me mentioning that while a lot of these tips and everything was good, I felt you cannot dismiss the fact that a lot of this is based off the of American exceptionalism, right? Um, like using the American dollar to exploit uh, uh, loopholes and opportunities through co- companies with uh, poor economics and things of that nature, right? Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah, that's a part of it. That, yeah. <laughs> Right. And I was like, you know, so while he's giving all these tips and things of that nature, I'm like, that's cool. And listen, obviously, this is the business grind and we talk about business and part of business is getting things for cheaper or or trying to figure out how to manage your costs with margins and and things like that. So uh, I don't think that should be a totally new concept to us. But I do feel like there are certain parts where he's just going on on his whole manifesto. And I'm like, yeah, a big part missing is the American dollar and exceptionalisms that comes from this, uh, the American economy and using it to kind of, you know, leverage your businesses uh, in other countries and outsourcing things, you know? Yeah. I mean, he seems to <laughs> not have no scruples um, when it comes to yeah, achieving goals. Right. So. And so then also, I think another aspect, you know, given the good and the bad, at certain points of the book, you know, it really felt it super extreme it felt like a a manifesto on how to just hack your life uh you know like do this do that 
how to read faster, right? <laughs> um, he gave a whole breakdown and formula and practice this and read every other word and, and read to the margin. And you know what I mean? And I don't know. I mean, for me, I like to read. I like to absorb. So <laughs> I don't really necessarily want to learn how to read faster and skip words. If 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 you're going to tell me I'm going to spend a few extra seconds or minutes because I need to uh, read a few more words per page, personally, I am okay with that. Yeah, I mean, okay, so I think you're, you're segueing perfectly into what, like, my last little note here was <laughs> that the stuff that kind of didn't make sense. Oh, okay, it made sense. Uh-huh. He explained it fine. But it's just something I would never do, right. I guess. <laughs> um, and then one one of the things was, like, practice not not finishing stuff. Like, right. do you remember that? Mm-hmm, that just, like, mm-hmm. I was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, I'm, a, I'm already a procrastinator enough. Now you can tell me to feed into that by not finishing stuff. Like, if it's not boring to me, it's like, nah, I should feel obligated to and he's telling me the opposite this is me saying my opinion now but he's right. basically saying you shouldn't feel obligated to finish something if no one's demanding it from you it's kind of what you're saying right and i don't necessarily agree with that okay. maybe wrong but yeah. i don't necessarily agree with that so so you know it's funny i actually kind of agree with that but i took it in a different way and i and i get it see this is where i think it goes into uh different personalities right because that also is going to determine who this book is for and isn't for. You're, you're able to identify that you're a procrastinator and say, hey, I don't need to be given more leeway to, to, to permission to be told, hey, you know what I mean? Um, you know, uh, hey, you're giving me more permission to stop something I already wasn't trying to do like that, you know? And I get that. But I actually agree with it. And I'm agreeing it from the perspective of me. I tend to have a lot on my plate. And I usually have the mindset of I have to finish it no matter how long it takes or things of that nature. And then in hindsight, you know, upon reflection, I'm like, you know, I could have, you know, I don't really see the bigger benefit and value that it provided me by continuing to stay that path. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I actually understood that's how I took it. Like there's books that I should have been just quit reading, stop reading. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I, this book doesn't even interest me. But I'm going to finish it because I'm already three quarters through or an article or, you know, things of that nature. So I, I that's where I took it from. But, you know, or more so than I didn't now important things you kind of like you're going to have to finish. But I took it as those things where we think that we're being productive because we're busy. But you're actually going to be more productive by stopping that because it's wasting time and energy into what you're trying to do. So. That's what I think. Yeah, for that. that's that's true. That's yeah. definitely that's definitely what he was getting across. Right, so I think right. I just I think I just took it to heart. Like, nah, I'm not I'm not feeding into any procrastination. <laughs> you, I'm not gonna go down that slippery slope. You took so. it as you took it as a trap. This is a trap. Yeah, right. 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 But right. no, but no, the way you explained it, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. And I actually, because I, I mean, in a lot of digital and tech projects that I work on, and and, and my daily life. You know, a lot of times the value isn't in what you do. I always say the value isn't in the work that you do. Sometimes there's more value in deciding what not to do prior to the work starting, you know, to be very clear, like this is what we're not going to do. That saves more time and headaches than saying, oh, where we just put time towards it and was busy and did something. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's how I took that. So. He jumped all over the place, but it was fine. But a few things I was just like, I can't really get jiggy with this, especially the being becoming a speed reader and, and hacking your way to reading multiple books. I, I, his way got a little contradictory because if you're telling me 
I don't want to have to speed read. I rather if, if it's a book where I have to speed read to kind of up, figure things out, I'd rather just not read the book. At, I'd rather not read it at all, which will speak to his other tenet, which is you don't have to finish everything. Right. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Okay, so, so now I'm going to see how I see the other perspective on this, because I kind of not that I would ever do that per se. But what I do do and my wife gets at me all the time is I listen to certain audio books mm-hmm. like in like triple speed or two times speed or whatever. <laughs> And she's just like, how do you, how do you do that? I'm like, I just absorb the information that way. I can, I can hear it and I understand it faster. So I do something to a degree. Like, I think I read this book in like 1.5 or something too. So like the audio version. So it's like, I get what he's saying. If it's something that's uh, not for enjoyment per se, but maybe it's something that's functional that you have to do. Like if studying for the MBA or whatever it is, like, then I can see where the hack is like, you know. It's a nest is a is a is valuable. So right, right, right. So there we go. Good point. So I'm big on ebooks too. I uh, I mean yeah, audiobooks, ebooks. I I usually have a mix. I'm usually reading a physical book and an audio book in conjunction in tandem. Um, my thing is this: do what works for you, right? If you're reading it at this speed and you're able to re- uh you know retain and and, re- and absorb the information and you're good money, great. <laughs> I mean, your wife is getting on you because she can't, you know, that doesn't work for her. But it seemed like it's working for you. For me, I usually, for the most part, read, um, listen to audiobooks at, at regular speed. It would have to be like a super slow reader or it's going at a dragon pace. And I'm like, I think I can turn it up just another notch. Not to your level, your level of stream. I think you said three times. You said you do it three times. Uh, I go up to certain, if it's a book, so I'm going to sound crazy. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. If it's a book I've read already. Oh, you know, goodness. With it, I could go up to three, but yeah. if it's something brand new, I, I would do like 2.5. Yo, 2. you out here yeah. listening, <laughs> you listening to audio books like a Kanye sample? <laughs> <laughs> Speed up Albert and the Chipmunks flow. Okay. Uh, but I mean, it works for you. You said you got it? You 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 know. It, it, I mean, yeah, it does work because it's just, especially if it's something I've already read. Like, uh-huh. it's just it's like almost re rereading it. It's like uh, okay. bringing that information to my brain. At least that's how I feel. Okay, but. cool, cool. Well, <laughs> I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so this is another thing. This is another thing as in regards to his the hacking. As I said, it feels like you're hacking your life. Um, all right. He he talks a lot about outsourcing, calling these companies, doing this. You know, getting people from. I think Philippines and, and India and other countries like that. And I'm fine. If that works for you, you know, you have, I think the thing to be mindful of when you're outsourcing, not just internationally, even domestically, when you hire people domestically for work, especially now with the uprise of Fiverr and Upwork and, and, and things of that nature, you just need to be sure that you're a good manager yourself for your business, right? If you no matter who you hire at what cost and what at what skill set, you as the individual are going to need to be a, a a competent manager to manage the work and make sure that everybody's doing it, to make sure that they understand what's being asked and things of that nature. And I think that's something that I think a lot of people might not be totally aware of and that's going to require some self-awareness. Like how good are you with managing people? And things of that nature, especially if you're going to start hiring people in other countries with time differences and things of that nature, you're really going to have to do a self-awareness check on yourself just on how capable you are on achieving that. That's absolutely true because, because yeah, you have, you're you going to have to manage all these freelancers. And, and that's, mm-hmm. that's a good point. He did bring up a lot of um, outsourcing advice, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't necessarily think about. But, yeah, he, he did do that a lot. 
let's be clear, there's a lot of work that's going to need to go into this to achieve it. It's, it's, it's especially when you think about in the grand scheme of things, the way you're trying to achieve this and the way you're trying to live is really a break from the quote unquote traditional system and society and how we're usually taught to work and have a career and things of that nature. How did you feel about his, his, his strategies or suggestions on how to uh, get a remote lifestyle uh, or remote job? Now, granted, this is dated, and now we're in, you know, COVID, where and has rendered the a lot of jobs remote. But um, how did you feel about his approach? We're going to assume that uh, we're going to apply this to probably pre-COVID, obviously the pre-COVID conditions, and and how and how he suggested you create an environment that would allow you to work remotely. I mean. <laughs> It, 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 it sounds good. Mm-hmm. It sounded good. It, gets, it just goes back to, you know, I don't know if everybody can necessarily apply those to their their field. Like, me speaking specifically, I'm in the job of video production, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, like, I really just, this, this is, I will say, this chapter kind of went in one ear, I went out the other, or this sec, or this topic, because, uh. A, because of COVID, so it's like, it's irrelevant. Um, mm-hmm. where I'm at the most remote I'm ever going to be able to be right now. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. maybe there's no more negotiation room. And then it was also like, I don't know if most, I don't know if, I don't know if most people can really, yeah. really pull this off. I don't know. Right, right, right. So I guess so, we got to give the audience a little context on what he yeah, was suggesting. That, yeah. He Go was, uh, he was, he was suggesting a lot. <laughs> he was, <laughs> I, I don't even have all the steps in front of me, but it was a lot uh, in regards to using sick days during the during the week to kind of get comfortable in it and working that way and to get your job comfortable like that um so kind of working during the week one day a week uh taking some sick days uh positioning yourself keeping track of what you're doing and basically you kind of creating a, a full-on business case on why you should be allowed to work remotely um in regards to productivity distractions at work and let's be clear there are a lot of distractions at work in the office, you know, water cooler talks, stop cubicle drive-bys and, and things of that nature. Absolutely. Um, uh, talking, you know, so he gave a lot of tips. He also gave a, a more of his uh, uh, template responses to, you know, if, if your manager or your boss uh, is hesitant to, to allow that to happen and things of that nature, you know, so... You gave a whole, a whole, a whole script to be to 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 run through. I felt it was a bit extreme personally, um, but I think that also comes from the fact knowing that um, I work in a space that's very you know digital and forward in regards to technology, and all I really need is a laptop and a Wi-Fi to do what I need. So it's kind of like incredulous that you would have to do all of that to make a case, but. It is the case, and I also know very early in my career, in hindsight, having to go into the office for doing work that, in theory, could have been done at home, right? So, absolutely, it, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so it's not for me to say, okay, this is whack or whatever, but it just seemed a bit, like a bit much to get your boss to um, admit, to, uh, allow one or two days remote, let alone a remote job all 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 together. It's probably. I guess the best way I can say is it was appropriate for 2007. I can't see a person having to go through all these damn steps in 2021. No. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I thought, uh, I think for me, one of the, 
again, a big key takeaway was the money and time. And I think, you know, there's a difference between a person earning more, right? But the value of their time and money is not the same, right? Like a lawyer could be making two to three times more than me. But if that same lawyer is working 100 hours a week and literally just going to the office and back home and has no time to enjoy life and what has been, you know, the 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 um, the beauty of Earth and, and, and what's around us, are they really more are they really richer than me? Yeah, and that was uh, that was like his his spiel on um, I guess relative income, yeah, right. and then just how much how much when you break it down to hourly, right? If right. you're working thirteen hours for that mm-hmm. twelve, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, whatever the numbers you want to use, but yeah. what is the value of your time versus the money you're getting for it? And so. I, I I really I would say that is something that I also uh, have have subscribed to for a while at this point on a personal level, like. You know, it took me a while to get there, and I was always, I mean, I still grind <laughs> and do all that, but being more strategic with how I grind and where I grind and the money in general, right? Like, at what point, what is enough, you know, and what are you doing it for, right? Um, so, you know, definitely don't concern yourself with competing with, you know, people in different professions and things of that nature, even business. Really being, I think it's about really being clear on. Doing what works for you, knowing your number, knowing the type of lifestyle you want to live, and then moving accordingly, as opposed to just living how uh, you know everybody else uh, moves or or has been taught to move, you know. Yeah, and not you know being confined by the constructs that been built for you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know? There, it's not really to benefit you per se. It's to benefit the the work the workforce, as you put it. So right, 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 you right. Just realizing that you know how you can move outside of those boundaries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There, there was a there was a, a a story or anecdotal story in the book, which I, to me, I mean, if if you want to say the probably one of the biggest things I took away from that from this book, right, um, was one. Um, the story of the of the guy, the Harvard MBA, who was in Mexico, and he connected with uh, this fisherman, fisherman. And the story, I'm, I'm obviously probably not going to tell the story right, but the gist is this: he met the fisherman, a fisherman, and asked him, you know, what does he do after he finished fishing? You know, and essentially the guy was like, you know, I have enough to feed. You know, I, I'm done for the day. I go with my family. I play with my kids. I, I go hang out with my friends and I enjoy life when I'm not fishing and serving you. Um, and the guy was like, oh, well, I can, you know, why not? You can blow this up into a bigger business and have extra. And the guy was like, I don't really need extra fish and I don't need to. I have enough. Right. He was more or less saying I have enough. And the guy was like, oh, I'm a Harvard MBA. You don't know. I can. We can do this. We can grow the business. We can you know, you can come to New York and set up shop and office. And then after X amount of years. Uh, we can go on IPO and you'll be a millionaire and, and you'll be able to do all of this stuff, right? And after, after, at each step, the guy was like, okay, and then what happens? You know, it's like, well, then you go on IPO and then what happens and this and that. And the guy asked the Harvard uh, MBA, he said, well, how long would this take? Um, he said about 20 to 25 years. And he said, and then after this 20 to 25 years, uh, what happens? What happens to me and my business? He said, 
Well, then you get to go and hang out with your friends and your kids. <laughs> Basically, you 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 come full circle. You spent 25 years doing all this stuff to be able to do what you're doing literally right now. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And I I was like, yes, this dude is spitting right here. <laughs> I was like, I it resonated with me. That's that's right about now, personally, where I'm at in life. That's kind of where I'm at. You know, like there is a way to enjoy both both you know, have a balance in life and business and all of that type of stuff without waiting 20, 25 years, 30 years down the road. And that, to me, really stuck out. So that, kudos on that. Yeah, yeah I agree. That was, um, yeah, that was definitely a good one. That That's that's really a lot of the key points and takeaways. So, I don't know. Uh, for me, I enjoyed it. I did feel like some parts was a little bit extreme and radical, as you said. Um it's more about it's i don't know if you know, like we said not necessarily a quote-unquote business book more like a self-help book to kind of help craft your life the way you want it to be but it can definitely uh lend itself to uh business and um and how you run your business as an entrepreneur and solopreneur uh so a lot of good gems here you just kind of have to take what's relevant to you and and discard the other stuff that isn't right <laughs> exactly yeah take what you can use yeah. all right like, uh, I, I would say one last day, well, not one last thing, but another note, you know, I, I really say that this book is kind of like, it could be called How to Hack Your Life, right? And at a certain point, I think, and it's just personally, certain life experiences, I don't necessarily want to hack, right? I, I just want to experience it. I don't really want the shortcut to it. And I think for certain people, it's going to be really up to them to decide. But, you know, he talked about, he hacked the karate uh, tournament kickboxing tournament right and i was like this is ridiculous for me like he won a kickboxing tournament he did some extreme measures he lost a lot of weight and won in in a short amount of time um and then also he won without really knowing much kickboxing or karate based off technicalities i think he was just getting every he's pushing everybody out the ring or something like that which technically he would make him the winner of the matches but it didn't earn him any style points or respect among the judges and things like that and I get the idea and the message that he's trying to convey. But I think for me, if I'm going to do certain things, I do want to do it a little bit more thoroughly. But I do get the sentiment in general of what he was trying to uh, present to the audience. Yeah, I get the sentiment, but I'm on board with you. I, I want to get the value out of the task, not just the, the, the ribbon at the end. Right. So. Indeed. Okay, cool. So with that being said, I don't know I don't know if I got your answer or not, but... Uh, did you say that uh, you would recommend this? I didn't. Yeah, I don't think I answered. But no, honestly, I, I'm going to steal your answer. No, only and take a little bit of it at least. Okay. No, I wouldn't really recommend it. I would recommend certain chapters and certain parts and certain advice mm-hmm. from it to people. But the whole book, I think, mm-hmm. is a bit much for somebody to take on. and Because you're not going to be able to do all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so the, your average, you know, the average person would be like, I can't do all of it, so I'm not going to do any of it. So it's like, but if you take it in peace, like apply what works to you, and then, then yes, right, so, right, do that, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. So yeah, it's not this. This ain't for everybody, you know. We did, we read the book to tell you if you if you need to or not. Uh, if you have some time, and you know, you definitely about. I would say if you're open to some real radical ideas and changes, yeah easily go for it if you if you think that you're more on the traditional side of things especially in how you want to approach life and business and your career uh might not be for you 
you can still read it, but I would be very surprised if someone read this at least on first read and really started implementing things like tomorrow because it really takes a lot for you to kind of digest that and accept what's being presented to you. Yep. Mm-hmm. And craft your own versions of his templates. Right, right. <laughs> <It's gonna take laughs> a oh, one last thing about this book. You will not have a four hour work week after reading this book. That that's that, that's not gonna happen. Uh, yeah, like we yeah, no guarantee. Yeah, yeah, there's no uh what do we call that? Um no, money back guarantee. No money yeah. back guarantee. You'll read this book, I think you'll read this book and come come uh leave with a better understanding of how to maybe manage your life more efficiently and your work and your career more efficiently but it doesn't ha- you're not going to get to a quote-unquote four-hour work week i don't even think that's really possible but obviously with marketing and titles this is what got people enticed what i think what will happen is you'll realize that you can get a lot of your time back for more i don't i i, I want to say leisurely but not even leisurely just getting more time back and deciding what you want to do with that additional time outside of working and doing you know mundane smaller tasks that eats up a lot of our time while we're here yeah definitely okay cool so that's a wrap on this week's episode about the four-hour work week by timothy ferris and some key takeaways we got from reading the book hopefully this episode was helpful to you as you embark on designing your life and your business if you have a question you would like us to answer on the show shoot us a message on any of our social media channels or shoot us an email at questions at businessgrindshow.com Also, don't forget to subscribe and share on Spotify and iTunes. See you again soon. In the meantime, keep grinding. The Business Grind is for entertainment purposes. Opinions expressed are those solely of the host and guests. Please consult with a professional and exercise discretion before engaging in any business endeavors. I'm out here on the grind. I'm out here on the grind.